You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. On Inside Black and Gold, I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. And, you know, I, I like I said in the first segment, I was excited to be able to go through the film and have time to come back on here and talk about it. Because when, in the, on the road trips, it's really tough. And on Thursday Night Football, it's like, man, we're already on to the next week. Um, but, you know, this film, it wasn't as... It wasn't as disappointing of an experience as I thought it would be because there were a lot of weird moments in this game. And... One thing that happened after the game, and we talked about it, is Dennis Allen is tired of hearing your questions about halftime adjustment. <laughs> and as you look at the film here, I can get on board with that because you're not making adjustments when the, there was one play. There was a DJ Moore play. I'm sorry, Darnell Mooney play where he got he got the ball, gets to the sideline. There's three players. I think it was Demario Davis, Paulson Adebo, and maybe Marcus May. I'd have to double check. There were three players. They were basically standing in a line parallel to each other. And it was like, oh, he's going to get stopped for a loss. Well, he puts his he puts his foot in the ground and cuts back inside. And it was basically like a Three Stooges moment where they all run into each other. And he's gone for 38 yards. It was the final play of the first quarter. 38 yards on a play that should have gone for four. And it's like, you think they're going into halftime and being like, okay, we got we to gotta do this differently. What do we do wrong? We got to fix it. It's like, no. The adjustment is make the goddamn tackle, <laughs> you ingrates. Uh, and, and so, yeah, like I would be annoyed too because it's like there isn't this magic formula to fix stuff like that. You got to just play better. You got to understand what your job is and do it. And so, like, I, I think it's funny because I hear those questions all the time. And like, I'm at all these press conferences and the same question gets asked. Oh, what are the adjustments? And And it's like, they played like shit, and then they did it. That's the adjustment. And you can see it on film. It's clear on film. They played horribly in that first half. Oh, man. There were so was, many. It was unbelievable. Know, like I said, the 100 rushing yards given up in that first half was just made me want to vomit for sure. Yeah, and so one thing that I think has been an issue that we've kind of overlooked is the communication between the Mike linebacker and whether it's the Sam linebacker or – the slot corner, whatever it is, whether it's Alante, whether it's Marcus May, that has not been very good. And you've seen a lot of mistakes in terms of, okay, this guy wants to pass it off to this guy, but he doesn't understand what he's supposed to be doing and he covers the wrong guy. And then there's two guys on one and and DJ Moore is by himself. Right. Right. And and that's happened too much. And you see that on film. And so I think when you're talking about adjustments, I think that is one you look at and say, how do we fix that communication? Because there were several instances in this game where, you know, it just looked like it's like you had the numbers. You just didn't do it. The, the question, uh, obviously, you know, you mentioned those 
halftime adjustments. And why, the reason he's asked about it so much is for whatever, what it's been like three, four straight games now, the team looks completely different after after the half and, and, and plays much more stout defense. And I, it doesn't, it does not register. So it seems like there's either this big rah-rah speech in the locker room or they may, they go through something and see something that's like, all right, we got to change this. But no, it's just it's just them being, you know, uh, more precise with their keys and and like you said, making a tackle when you need to. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there are some pretty loud uh, loud things said in the <laughs> locker room at halftime, but it's not like get strategic. your freaking head on straight, right? Right. There's a lot of curse words, and you know, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so I don't know. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Um, and and one thing they did in this game that I thought was interesting is they played a lot of zone. You saw them come out early in zone. And I think it worked at points. But, like, for example, you know, sometimes offense, good offense just beats good defense. And the two Cole Komet touchdowns, which, again, I, I think I mentioned this, like, Cole Komet is on a pretty big contract. They paid him, like, four years, $50 million, which, for a tight end, that's a pretty big deal. And it's funny because you don't think of him in the in the same – kind of category as Travis Kelsey or George or George Kittle, uh, you know, guys like that, right? Like uh, Zach Ertz even. I guess he's a little older, but Dallas Goddard, you talk about him. Um, but, like, he, the plays he made in that game were impressive. And, like, I, I, I went and watched the, uh, the first touchdown, and I was like, okay, who screwed up? Someone screwed up, right? Someone had to screw up. And then you watch it, and I'm like, man, they played it perfectly. They did exactly what you want. They, everyone was accounted for. They had Zach Bond was a free rusher at Tyson Bajant. He had to just throw it up. He's like, well, Cole's down there. He's tall. But Matthew <laughs> was literally standing there ready to intercept it. And the only yeah. thing that didn't work is Cole Komet is, is really good. And he just went up and took it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny and because it's like everyone wants to diagnose it and say, well, this guy screwed up. He's not playing well enough. He's not doing it. And it's like sometimes the the offense just wins. Um, and that's what happened there. And I think that's what happened a couple times early in this game. The second Cole Komet touchdown was interesting too because, um, you know, and, and I tweeted it and then I thought better of it because I'm not sure and I want to double check. But so uh, actually, no, different, different, different thing. There was another play that Cole Komet was a like a, like a pick and it worked perfectly because – he blew up the play and that was DJ Moore's wide open. But the other touchdown, uh, he comes out and like blocks and Zach Bond is right there. And Zach Bond's like, I got this. I got this. <laughs> just grabs him. Cause you're within one yard. You can do anything within one yard. Right. If you're one yard downfield, then it is, it is legal, but he grabs him and just chucks him to the ground and then goes and catches a touchdown. <laughs> and it's like, man, what a play by that guy. Anyway, it's like you, you want to say like, well, this guy screwed up. This guy screwed up. And I'm like, no, the guy just is just better than you. Uh, and he won. And, no, uh, you, you bring it up now. And that was definitely uh, one of the complaints or observations, whatever you want to say, in the ha- the post-game show on WWL after that matchup. We were getting of folks complaining, has Tyron, are we seeing the, the end of him? Has he lost a step? And I remember those questions were being asked last year as well. Well, I mean, like he's in perfect position. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but he's still five seven or whatever. Like, that's right. just—he's he, not going to grow any. So, you know, I'm sorry. Yes, I mean, I—I I don't know what you know. It's funny because it's the second time since he's gotten here that you've seen that that he has been in perfect position to make a play, and he kind of does. 
but it ends up being a touchdown anyway. I remember Juwan Jennings last year where he got like his full hand on the ball and like tipped it up into the air and then it just fell into Juwan Jennings' lap for a touchdown against the 49ers, a game where they only scored 13 and that was seven of it. Um, yeah, that was anyway. Another one of those moments of last year you think about and you're like, of course this is of course this happens to the Saints kind of thing. But yeah. it that's another thing I I found funny too. It's like I love the fact that now, you know, when when you start winning, the Saints on a two-game win streak, watch out. Like Bears fans complaining, "Oh, those Saints, they always get the calls from the refs." Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> uh, so a couple other film notes. So one other question, why didn't Mike Thomas catch any passes? And it's a good question because <laughs> I looked this up. He had never previously in his career had a regular season game where he was active and did not catch at least two passes, not one. He's never had a game where he caught less than two passes in the regular season prior to this one. Now, the there is an asterisk there, which is the 2020 divisional round against the Bucks. He also right. didn't have a catch. But as we know now, he was basically playing on one leg, right? So, like, that's a little bit of an exception. <laughs> exactly. Um, he was just out there to try and help Drew, you know, obviously advance and the team. I mean, yeah, he was doing everything he could. But, like, what well, he missed the next two seasons. <laughs> like, right. it's oh. not like – it wasn't like he's, he's faking it. Like, he literally missed two full seasons of football because it got so bad. And part of the reason is because he tried to play through. Anyway, so that's that game. But, you know, so you go back and watch and you're like, okay – there's got to have, there must have been opportunities to get him the ball. And, you know, and, and there were, right? Like he should have had a catch or two. One play, they, they fouled him, you know? So, like, there was, he got targeted once technically, but there was another throw that drew a penalty. So that kind of goes in his column, right? That's a win for him. Um, the other one was just a, just uh, unsuccessful. Um, but you look at it and you watch and you say, okay, they are paying him so much attention in this game. Like you're seeing him bracketed. Uh, that the touchdown pass to Chris Olave. I think Derek Carr talked about this in the post game. You know, the the safety is just doubling Mike off the snap. Like there's no question. He, he there's no disguise there at all. It is just a double team on Mike, and that means you got one man to man with Chris Olave and Chris one touchdown. And so like if they're gonna do that and they're gonna give you one on one coverage. Forcing the ball to Mike doesn't make sense. Like, I get it. You want to get Mike involved. But if they're going to take him away and you feel like you have the weapons, like that's the difference between 2019 and now when they would double Mike, but he's still your best option. Now they double Mike and you're like, well, I could throw it to Taysom. I could throw it to Juwan. I could throw it to, to Chris, right? Like the progression is being run. Whereas like, it's like that wasn't always the luxury you had when it was Ted Ginn on the other side. Um. And, and I think, you know, I asked Derek about this in the postgame, and I thought his answer was pretty telling in that regard. Uh, and, and here's that. Well, it's one of the things that, you know, I, I could go out there and probably do two or three plays back and try and force a ball and see, you know, make, the, you know, make a tight window throw, and I have all the confidence that I can do it. But at the end of the day, playing with this defense, I know over time that if I can take care of the football and if we can as an offense hold on to it uh, and do those things, um, that you know th those numbers begin to turn into wins. And you know you always see at the end of the year, you know takeaway differential, and you see the teams at the top have a bigger takeaway differential, and the teams at the bottom don't, and it's the opposite. And so, um, for me, 
coming here and playing here. I just want to be as efficient and clean as possible. Um, and there's going to be games that are be tight. You know, get, and when they're tight, you got to take care of the ball. Just give us a chance at the end. And then when you have to make that throw, you make that throw. But um, there's a couple of times today where you don't. Ha- I didn't have to do that because you know, you know what's happening on the other side of the ball. And so the ultimate goal is to win the football game. And you know, it, it takes all three phases playing together. And so uh, I just try and do that to my best to help DA and those guys out. To me, what he's saying there is like, yes, there were throws to be made to Mike. And you can see that on film. Like there was a couple. There was one early. I think it was the second offensive play of the second half where Mike's coming on a crossing route and he's going to come open. Derek gets some pressure. He had the option to maybe stand in there, take a hit and and deliver it early and let Mike run under it. He rolls out, probably still could have rifled it in, but you can see the safety crashing down. It would have been a tight window throw maybe get bumped up into the air. You're at your own 25-yard line. It's not like you are at midfield. So a turnover there in a tie game is massive. And and I said this going in, and I think it played out pretty well, is you know the Saints are approaching this game as similarly to how they approached the Broncos game a couple years ago and how they approached the Jets game last or two years ago in that I, if they're going to beat me, their offense has to beat me. I am not going to allow their defense to beat me. I need Tyson Bajan to come out there and beat me. And you know how you can allow the defense to beat you by forcing tight window throws deep in your own territory? Because, you know, we've seen that. We saw it against the Jags, right? Like that that touchdown, that defensive touchdown against the Jags is a very big reason you lost that game. And so, you know, I, I think that there's something to be said for four interceptions through nine games. That's not for nothing, right? Like that's helped you win. That's why you're plus eight in the turnover margin. So, like, I think when you come kind of watch this back and you see it and you'll see screenshots, people will share screenshots saying, well, he was open here. He was open here. It's like, yeah, probably. But I also think that there's something to be said for, you know, playing conservatively in a game where throwing caution to the wind and turning it over is probably the only way you're going to lose. Yeah, I, that's, that was definitely, a, I thought, a big belief. Yeah, you, you were going to play pretty conservative ball against a bear squad that was having, I know they were both averaging 21.4 points a game going into the matchup, but the saints had had come alive offensively a lot more than the bears in the last few games. And were definitely trending upwards while the, while the bears, you know, obviously with Tyson Badgett at quarterback, wasn't expecting to do much. And you figured why why give them any extra kind of opportunities don't have to be uh, so aggressive in this matchup. They're going to beat themselves kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's not all that. Like, there were uh, – he, Derek didn't make perfect reads all day. There were opportunities where he could have potentially got Mike Thomas the ball. There there was one, uh, you know, and this isn't Mike Thomas, but A.T. Perry, he hasn't caught a pass in the NFL yet, but he was a shoelace away. And I tweeted this video, and you can go look at it. He was a shoelace away from possibly a 75-yard touchdown in this game because, you know, he's uh, he's running kind of a deep a deep corner route and the DB to his side thinks he's running a comeback. He's playing the comeback, but AT never stops. And so the defense, the defender goes back, he breaks back and AT still running. And the only reason he did not, you know, and, and Derek rolled out. So like that was basically, it was a half field read. It was the only throw he could have made other than what he ended up doing, which is dumping it down to Foster Morrow for a decent game. But the reason it didn't go to AT is that their feet got tangled up when the defender broke off and he fell. 
Otherwise, I mean, that's that's a huge... I mean, he might get chased down. AT is not exactly Tyreek Hill. Uh, that's a long way to run. He just but, had a lot of you're talking, ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, you're talking 40, 50 yards on that play minimum. Uh, and that's a bummer. But it is good to see AT involved. That is one thing that on film you can see. It's like they're using AT a little bit more. I don't know what his snap count was, but he... You know, they're, like they're working him in, which is good. You know, we're seeing them gradually include the rookies. So, like, that's something that I'm happy about. Because, um, you know, there have been I, – I had some one complaint about, like, oh, why, why aren't Nick Saldaveri and Jake Hayner dressed? And I was like, because <laughs> you don't need them. What is – like, you're – like, there's a point where you're just looking for complaints, and that's, that's one of them. <laughs> now, has um, Perry pretty much – I won't say unseated, but he's been taking playing time away from uh, Kirkwood, who we, uh, you know, I thought actually obviously had a, a pretty good training camp. We were all over him saying how much he had matured and grown this season, but yeah, hasn't really been a factor at all in the, in the regular season. With Keith, I don't think it's AT that's taking playtime from him. I think it's Lynn Bowden because with Keith, what you needed from him is to be that kind of blocking wide receiver the the right. replacement for Traquan and you know I think he did have good chemistry with Derek Carr but he's not on this roster because he's going to catch a ton of passes he's on this roster because he's going to do the dirty work and he's going to block and I just don't think his blocking was good enough um and we've seen you know I think Lynn's been praised pretty heavily in terms of him his ability to block and his ability to you know just kind of get in there and 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 get stuff done um, and so the, I think that's more what you're looking at is, is okay. But either way, you know, like I think it's a combination, right? Like it's, you have an sure. AT in there, he's doing more downfield. Um, and from a physical standpoint, he could probably run the same routes as Keith. Uh, so yeah, no, it, it, yeah. Keith, I like Keith. Keith's a good veteran guy to have. He's still around. He's just inactive. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny. You, t- you talk about like one of the reasons these guys can't get on the field is because this team is as healthy as I've seen it Knock in years. <laughs> I mean, Kendra Miller went down with an ankle sprain. Doesn't seem mega significant. Uh, Isaiah Foskey went down with a quad injury, I believe it was. Right. Another one that doesn't seem super significant. Might miss some time, but not like IR level bad. Um, and like, that's about it. I mean, you lost Peyton Turner, obviously, early in the season. You had a couple, you know, the Andrew Dowell, Trey Turner, um, you know, Benjamin, but otherwise, I mean, you've been very fortunate. So, like, you know, like, that's why when people complain Nick Saldaveri is not getting any action because he got all these healthy guards. Yeah, be, be happy we're not having to turn to the rookie right. uh, on the offensive line, especially. Exactly. Like, that's what I said is, like, getting a, a, a redshirt year for a mid-round draft pick is not a bad thing. If you if you could get away with that with every single mid round pick, you would do it every year. The problem is you can't cut them, and so you and you only have forty eight players active on game day. I think so, maybe maybe folks are getting too excited to see what Jordan Howden's doing. I don't know. Well, no, I mean sometimes sometimes they get in and they look really right. great, and you know they're ahead of the curve. But just as many times you'll see guys go out there and struggle and lose their confidence and never get back. So I don't know. I'm okay with it. Um, the other thing, you know, pass rush lanes, we talked about it. That was a big problem in this game. I think they improved that as the game went on. And I think, you know, that's just something that we've seen crop up week after week after week with these. And, and they've happened to face a lot of quarterbacks that can take advantage of that. But at the same time, that's just quarterbacks. Kids aren't coming out of college now that are that are pocket bound <laughs> like statues. Like they just don't exist anymore. 
that's not what the quarterback position is. So you have to, you have to get better at it. Like the saints were honestly fortunate that they had Tom Brady in the division. Uh, so they got two shots at a statue twice a year and not just kind of played into what they wanted to do anyway, you know, the and Matt though, Ryan for so long. Right. The, the problem though, that statue of Tom at least was getting rid of the ball in two seconds. Yeah. But the saints played him well, right. For sure. I like it was never like he was never really the reason that they couldn't win the game. Uh, it was themselves in a lot of instances, like the Jerry Cook fumble and that week two game. You probably give it to him uh, in in twenty twenty two, but like the game there last year, that wasn't about Tom. That was about the Saints failing to put any points on the board in the second half. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be fair to not talk about Paulson Adebo. He just had such a good game that you kind of like, it's just like every, he did everything right. I mean, it technique wise, no penalties, just in perfect coverage. Like the fact that you feel comfortable saying, we don't care who you line up DJ Moore against. We're going to play our sides. That's such a, that is such a huge, huge compliment to, to Paulson Adebo. Cause it means that, like you're basically putting them on par with each other in terms of you don't care who they put their star wide receiver on. You you feel like either guy can get the job done. And obviously Marshawn's, you know, elite uh, in terms of that. But clearly you feel like Paulson is too. And, you know, the numbers would bear that out. Man, you brought up penalties there too. That was something I don't think we brought up at all in the post-game show, how impressive the team was with their lack of penalties against the Bears. Shout out. And, uh, even out in the post-game show, Bobby Bears like, I hope we get this refing crew every game. Yeah, I think there was only one penalty, and it was on Juwan Johnson for a false start. That was it. One. One whole penalty in the game. That's amazing for this team. That's amazing <laughs> for any team. Yeah. Um, and in such an ugly game, too. Like, like right. It's a game where you – like the defining adjective that you could use is ugly. You know, and there were no penalties. Um, I don't. I don't know if the Bears got called for a bunch either. They may, maybe had like three or four. Yeah, uh, I think there was. A, there might have been, like you said, a handful. But yeah, for me, obviously, seeing the Saints, we know we know of the problems they've had, um, and especially you know when those t- uh, tight game situations where it seems like you know you're you're a third and long or even uh, on offense when you're trying to convert. Something ends up biting them in the rear, and it just didn't happen this game. Nice to see. Yeah, yeah. The the one other thing that I'll mention, and you know, you saw this on film, is I like I gave you the horrible tip to start Jamal Williams in fantasy. I actually didn't tell you to start Jamal Williams in fantasy. I just told you I thought that this could be a big game for him. He was very good as a blocker. Dennis Allen pointed that out, and I think it's 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 worth mentioning it because I don't think we talked about this. Is he's in on a lot of those Taysom Hill sets, and he threw some great blocks in this game. And all we want to talk about is Colin Saunders and, and his role as a blocker. And it's a lot of fun. Jamal had a big role in that too. Um, and especially in terms of Taysom Hill, I do think you're seeing the saints trying to limit the workload of Alvin Kamara right now. Right. And especially in instances where they feel like they can get away with it. You know, the Falcons are going to, you're going to play the Falcons in a, in a massive game, and I expect him to get a huge workload in that game. But I do think you're going to meter him a little bit, and you're not going to necessarily give him this crazy snap share knowing that you have Jamal. Now, if Kendra misses some time, that might factor in, but you obviously have Taysom. So, like, that's not a, that's not a mirage. Like, they are using him less than, uh, than we saw in the first few weeks with Jamal not in there. Yeah. Uh, hoping to see more involvement 
from Jamal Williams, obviously going forward too. This is a guy that had 17 touchdowns last year and just really hasn't been able to find any kind of groove yet here in New Orleans. Yeah, like you could have sold. We talked about the fourth and inches play um, in the first segment, and it was like, yeah, like again, my my biggest issue with that is you went for a sneak when you have a guy like Jamal Williams, who's you would qualify as an elite short yardage running back. You know, like why not? You have Taysom, right? Like, there's a lot of options that do not involve Derek Carr bowling into the line. I don't know. Use them. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. But either way, you know, I, I agree. I want to see more from Jamal. Um, I'm you got to imagine he's, he's frustrated as heck, and he's so much fun that I don't know. I'm, I'm just waiting for that. I was hoping you were right for sure to see that explosion from him in this game and do. Uh, maybe not even the 100 yards in the multi-touchdown game, but just to get up there in like 50, 60 yards maybe with a score, just to get him going. We just haven't seen really much of anything this year, and I, I don't want to hear you know, a lot of maybe media members or fans complaining, oh, you know, Jamal's looking slow out there. He's not looking like he's he's ready to be in this offense kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm not really ready to, to write him off at all. Uh, I think there's still a ton – that we can see from Jamal Williams. I just don't know how this offense can get him going, but the, at least the offense as a whole is starting to mature and get better, but there's still some guys, I guess, left out in the cold. As we mature, the offense matures with us. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, he only had three carries in this game, so I don't know how you can, well, what evidence are you pointing to that he can't get it done when he doesn't have the ball? But no, I, I agree with that. Um, one of the one of the issues involved is like he got a good number of snaps, but when you're on the field with Taysom, those are a lot of either zone reads or called runs, and so like you know he's not necessarily an option on those plays, um, even when it is like a zone read and Taysom keeps it, you know. So it's like you can, I don't, I don't know, like you can design stuff and say, well, well, he's an option, but if he doesn't get it, then it's like, well, that wasn't a carry, so that's a snap, but it's not a carry. So I'd like to see I'd like to see more action dictated to him. It's funny because you know I thought for a second there that that I was like oh man nailed it because he was on the field for like three like the first drive he right. got consecutive snaps and I was like oh yeah they're good and because I I do think that was the plan I think the plan was to run the ball and the problem is and this you saw this on film too they could not run the ball you know whether it was you know other than Taysom that's the problem it's like. Other than Taysom Hill, they, the run game has not been a working at all. And my last note that I'll hit here, and it pains me to say this because I really like James Hurst, but he is not a starting NFL left guard. I think he's, he's, he's a, a great reserve tackle. to have. He's a better tackle than a guard. And the fact that he can play left tackle, left guard, right tackle, right guard is immensely valuable for this team. I think his just his his leadership in that room is valuable for this team. He's always willing to answer questions. He's always willing to, you know, like I think that he is a guy you want to have on your team, but I think he is the sixth offensive lineman unless you're playing him at tackle. But Andres Pete is your best option at left tackle right now. And I think Max Garcia is your best option at left guard. And he should be the starting left guard because he played very well those last two games. And as much as I like James Hurst, he is a liability. At left guard. And so, I, I don't know. I, I would not be surprised if when we get back from the bye week, you see Max Garcia at left guard. Uh, and by the end of the season, I expect to see Max Garcia at left guard. 
I just think like it's tough because he is such a good veteran leader on this team that you don't want to sit him down. I just, I, I mean, it's like, but, but you hear him say like, we want to get our best five players on the field. Yeah. And I think that Max Garcia is a better guard. Yeah. The, the biggest concern to me though, is where still, where does Trevor Penning fit into all of this? Well, we know where Trevor Penning is. We can go right. find him anytime we want. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, surprising. Not on Andrew, the field. It's surprisingly Andrews Pete at left tackle, which I did not see coming at all. He's played well. Absolutely right. I can't deny that either. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Right. He's indispensable. <laughs> He's going to get paid again. Yeah. A lot of teams. A lot of teams could use a, a, a tackle slash guard right now. Right. Um. He's in a contract year. Yeah. Good for him. That's a, that's all. That, like good for him. Right. Because he gets a lot of grief. Absolutely. Uh. And you know he's like he's. I don't think he came into this season expecting to play tackle. He no, just it, got out there and did it. it. It's crazy how, I don't know, has he suddenly found his, you know, niche there uh, after all this time? It's like, finally, this is where he should have been all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had Tehran previously. Right, exactly. So. That's I mean, a pretty maybe, good maybe, option. Maybe last year, right? Maybe instead of Hurst. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, <laughs> you know, funny thing. So, Andres on, on, on P, I don't know if a lot of people know this. His brother is like one of the top basketball recruits in the country. His brother's name is Koa Pete. He's six foot eight. Uh, and he's like a five-star basketball recruit. He was at the game on Friday or on Sunday, Friday. <laughs> You're like, yeah, whatever that was. Yeah. Sunday. They don't play on Fridays. It's yeah, like one like, day. Wait a minute, Friday? Yeah. yeah. It's like the one day of the week that they've never played a football game. They played it on Mondays. They played it on Tuesdays and Wednesdays during COVID. They played it on Thursdays. Actually, no. What? They play it on Fridays now. <laughs> There's a so, Black Friday game. So, oh, that's right. Oh, uh, so where Co uh, is in high school or uh, right now? Oh, I, I you put me on the spot. Sorry, there. sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean I didn't to do that. Up his whole family history here. Right, right. Co Pete. He's 16. He's 6'8". Wow. The, those Pete jeans, man. That's some big people in that family. Yeah, yeah, right. Like you could say, like, oh, he's you know, he's not the best athlete in the world, but at the same time, is he though? Like he's six foot eight and he can run around. You know, that's a pretty good athlete. Yeah. Um and his brother's yeah, power forward. He's he's goes to high school in Arizona. Anyway. Who knows? Maybe he ends up on the Pelicans. We'll have double P. <laughs> P's and Q's. Um, all right. That's going to wrap up that segment. We'll come back and we'll, we're going to go on a little bit of a rant. Um, and I just talk about, should you be happy right now? And also we're going to, we're going to point to our biggest, like what, what are the biggest issues facing the saints right now? What, what needs to be fixed or for this season to be successful, to get where it needs to go? Cause there are some issues that are bigger than others. There are a lot of issues, but some are more, are more pressing than others. So we're going to talk about that. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Steve Geller. He's Jeff Nowak. As always, this podcast has gone on forever, so you're getting your money's worth. You just said you're Steve Geller and I'm Jeff Nowak. Yeah, you. Well, if we talk long enough, that's going to happen, and 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 Steve's going to circle the drain because he lost his internet connection. But we will be all right back.